Good afternoon, Mom. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great. It's been a beautiful day, and the children are outside playing with their dad and mom and the little puppies, uh, Billy's little doggies and the champ and Layla, and they're just having fun, and I've been having fun just watching them. I know. I love looking out the window. Paige looks so tiny compared to everybody else, and so does Fox. Paige loves to scope the perimeter of the fence, and Fox loves to run as fast as she can. And Champ and Ridge always play with a ball, and Blue just waits for for me to come out and get him. Oh, yes. They're just wonderful little puppies. Uh, They just want to play and play, and, and the kids love them, and they're just having a wonderful time. I look at Paige, and to be five pounds, she is such a... She's filled with so much wanderlust. She just, you know, she's so tiny. She's out in that big fenced-in backyard, just scoping out the whole area. Yes, she is. She's just going around and around, and she's by herself, too. I know. It's just interesting. Uh, She is just, she's a little wonder person. And, you know, sometimes at home, she will climb at the top of the steps. And then when she gets up there, I, I do my best to keep it blocked off. But sometimes she'll slip by and go to the top of the steps, but she will not come down them. She stands at the top when she gets there and whines for me to come up and pick her up. Well, she's afraid she'll fall, so she's got to get, you know, a little bit more uh, braver than what she is. Oh, I know. And Fox is one pound bigger than Paige, and she will run down the steps and jump over the last five. There's a lot of difference in little pups, you know. Some of them will do other things that the other ones won't do. And Blue and Ridge are like that, too. I'll never forget the day that uh, Blue and Ridge were trying to climb up the front stairs outside, and Blue did it easily, and Ridge couldn't make it, and Blue kept going down. I've got a video of Blue teaching Ridge how to get up the steps, and Ridge did it. Oh, yeah, that Ridge, she's something else. Uh, She'll do anything, but it takes... Takes a little time, but she'll, she'll get it. Yes, he will. You know, today, Mom, if it's okay with you, I'd like to talk about a topic that I think is pretty important. And it's such a big topic. It only, I have no clue where you and I are going to end up on this topic. We're probably going to be all over the map with it. But how do you feel about talking about habits today? Is that okay? Yes, that's fine. Great. Well, you know, what is your um tell me what you think about good habits tell me your viewpoint well what i think in two weeks you will maintain uh your new habit health habits i agree with you if you're wanting to do something new it takes about two weeks for you to own it yes it does and and i think that's wonderful and you know no matter what it is, it could be lots of things. For instance, let's say it's uh, somebody wanting to have a healthier um, lifestyle. So let's say that they were somebody that didn't eat right. Well, you crave what you eat. So when you stop eating bad stuff, you'll crave healthy stuff. I think you wear what you eat. Yes, you do. And your body should be the best outfit you ever wear. That's the truth. So uh, just cut down on your food. What I do is just uh, eat half of what I take out or just take out a small small amount and you'll get used to it and you just don't want to gorge yourself. That's true. And I've had patients that, <clears throat> excuse me, they have actually gotten off of a lot of medication by starting a walking program 
and being faithful with it. And, you know, over a year's time, I've had patients lose 90 pounds. Oh, yes. They, they're just so happy when they come in there overweight. And first thing I do is take them to the scales and weigh them. And they can't believe they weigh that much. And I say, well, if you'll do what uh, uh, what Billy tells you to, you'll that weight will come off of you. And, you know, there's all kinds of habits, so I don't want to just focus on weight loss and that kind of thing. But it really does take about two weeks to own that habit. Yes, it does. So uh, I would try it and, and see what you think. Some people want to give up. The first three days are really the toughest. Would you say that? Yes, I would. After the third day, uh, it, it'll get easier and easier. And I think, too, it's it's your environment. You can't be around things that you're weak to, you know, because you, you might cave into it. You don't want to be around things that make you weak. That is true. Just stay away from uh, things that you you know that you crave or you you want real bad. If you'll stay away from that, you'll do a lot better. Just like smoking, I've known a lot of people that have been able to stop smoking uh, and just stick with it. Oh yes, I have too. Uh, but some people, I don't think they want to do it, but some people do, and they get off of it just right now. Now, that's the truth. Um, You can only get a good habit, a healthy habit, if you want to do it. So if you're doing something that's causing you to feel bad or giving you bad health reports, you're going to have to make up your mind that it's really what you want to do. You know, this kind of spills into something else that's on my mind. Tennessee is ranked number two in the nation for opioid addiction. Did you know that? Yes, I did, and I just think it's so awful. Uh, It's just people are start praying and and praying and trying to get it, you know, things under control. I agree. Not only is Tennessee ranked number two in the nation for opioid addiction, East Tennessee is number one in the state for the highest. I know it. That is so. It is so awful. And of all of these counties, did you know that Sullivan County? I think it was just a couple years ago, and I'm sure it's much higher now. This is just off my memory. Sullivan County had 42,000 deaths to overdose. I believe it was the year of 2017. Yes, uh, uh, they just it, something ought to be done to stop these people from selling these drugs, and then the, the people that buys it, I blame them too because they should have enough uh, background, and you know, that, they won't don't want to buy that stuff because they know what it'll do for them. Well, the sad thing is, is people that take these drugs, I think that they they just are looking for that fix and they're looking for that um, cure for that temporary fix. You know, they they have this addiction and they've got that crave and they're looking to fix that crave, and they that becomes more powerful than anything else. It causes them to steal from people. It causes them to not have any priorities. There's nothing that's a bigger priority than that addiction. That addiction just overranks everything in their life. And the people that are addicted, they do not realize how easy it is for them to overdose. Boy, that is true. I just think that people that does those drugs, all they want is just, you know, to take them and they don't realize the the consequences and what that drug will do for them. 
Well, I've seen it in this area so much. It is really just everywhere. And I I really, it bothers me a lot based on what I do. I love drugs because I hate drugs, and I've studied drugs my entire life. Since I was 17, I started studying drugs. I sure don't like drugs either. I don't even like to take uh, even a Tylenol or anything because I am so against them. Because if you don't need them, please don't take them. Thank you for saying that, Mother. I'm the same way. I don't take anything unless I absolutely have to take it. Even if I have a headache, I just, you know, I don't just pop a pill. No, you can get your mind on something else and, you know, start a puzzle or anything or say a prayer. And first thing you know, that headache is gone. That's true. And there's a lot of relaxation techniques and uh, massage therapy. You can even get somebody that lives with you at your home to massage your hands, your feet, your arms, your legs, whatever it is, the best place that makes you relax. And um, it will. You can get rid of headaches. Boy, that works. I mean, it works. It works on me. If I have a headache and and uh, my hands are massaged or my back or my head or anything, it'll go away. Yes, it will. I agree with that. You know, this makes me want to... I'm probably going to go on another speaking tour and talk to these schools because I think if you can educate children... I can think back of some of the lectures that I heard when I was in school, and I remember one from eighth grade that I heard, and it stuck in my mind to this day. And I do believe that when people come and give talks to these schools, sometimes it does reach certain children, and it keeps them from doing things. I think so, too. If you start a child out young, and and then if they teach it in school or things like that, I think that, that they will not do drugs. And it has to carry on at home. You can't, it's, it's tough for kids to be around parents that do drugs, and um, nobody wants kids around drugs. I tell you, a, a person, if they, it's a company you keep, if, if a, a person that doesn't do drugs gets with another person or more, evidently sometimes they'll end up uh, just like them. Well, that's very true, and I want to tell you a quick story. Um. One of my nephews, actually two of my nephews, they knew two young men, and they actually were taking drugs, and both of my nephews kind of said, look, you know, I like you. I I really care about you as a friend. I do not like what you're doing. I can't be around it. It's ungodly. I'm not going to be around it, and, you know, I just can't do this. So they, they had to... In the friendship, and when when kids are that young, when they're 15 to 20, and I call that kids still because they're young, that's a lot of responsibility on a child that doesn't want to be around drugs. It's a fine line you walk because you want to help the person that's doing the drugs, but in the same instance, you don't want to be exposed to it. That is true. Excuse me. That is true, and uh, you should not be around anyone that's it's doing drugs or, or drinking. You should stay away from people like that. And you know, stay away from them. That's right. You shouldn't hang around it because it could rub off on you. But I think also the people that are around it, if they know someone they love is doing something like that, and and they're in, you know, they're doing drugs and they're in danger. 
they need to contact their parents, the school, or somebody and do an intervention because that intervention can save that child's life. Oh, yeah. And sometimes, though, that it, it just won't work, but then sometimes it will, but it's sure worth a try. You know, I told you when we first started talking about this topic, habits, you and I'd be all over the map. We went from uh, weight loss to uh, drug addiction. Well, it all, you know, it's pretty close together there. Yeah, it's all habits. But um, I kind of, since we're on this topic of drugs, I, I kind of want to explain how how an addiction happens. If you can imagine a receptor site in your body as a parking space and think of a car or a vehicle as a drug, that parking space or that receptor site wants that drug or that vehicle to park in that space. And as long as that vehicle or that drug keeps parking in that parking space or that receptor site, the receptor site stays happy. But boy, the day that that receptor site does not get that drug, does not that parking space doesn't get that car parked there, then the receptor site doesn't like that. And that's when the problems start. The anger, uh, stealing, lying, cheating, anything they can do to get that drug. So that's just a very concrete way to explain what drug addiction is in your body. What I don't understand is a, a family, a parents has got uh, children, and they, they'll do drugs, and they just won't take care of their children, and finally they're took, they'll be taken away from them. And I just don't understand how that can happen. I know. Kids can be taken away from their parents through the courts, and they can also be taken away through death. Yes, they can, and, and they can overdose and die and leave them, and the children is the ones that suffers. Do you know that sometimes, Mom, um, if someone's doing a drug, that something as simple as one Tylenol can push them over the level to where they overdose? Oh, yes, I know that for a fact. And that is really scary and sad. Yes, it is. It's People just don't think, I, I just don't understand some people that will uh, put their children in danger over a drug. And I think the kids that are doing these drugs, they think they're big and they think they're cool because they're doing it. And then they get addicted and there's nothing they can do about it. When they're addicted, they don't know the way out because your body's addicted. And addiction is a disease and it's a strong disease. So they don't know the way out. It's like going downtown and you don't know how to get home or something. It's like you don't know what way to take to get out of it. And so the easiest thing for them to calm it down is just keep doing the drugs but another scary thing is, it's when these people get a hold of these drugs they think they're taking, then they get a drug that's got more in it than what they thought had in it. And then that really gets them in trouble. Yes, and that usually, they usually kill themselves when they do that. Yes, and it's, it's usually accidental. And, you know, I want to kind of explain something. When people take a drug, even as somebody that's taken a drug as a recreation and they're addicted they can still have an, a reaction to it. They can have a, a life-threatening reaction. They can have a small reaction. They can have all kinds of reactions in addition to overdosing. Oh, yes, they can. It don't, it don't take much to do that. So people are to think, they are to think before they even take a drug. Yes, and I'm going to kind of go through really quick what all that means. 
When somebody overdoses, what basically happens, if you can think of your lungs as, as uh, an accordion, and you know an accordion to play it, you squeeze it down and then you pull it apart and you squeeze it back down. Well, what happens when these people take too many drugs and they get highly sedated? It works on your central nervous system. And it's kind of like your lungs are getting drunk. They can't function anymore. You can't get a good breath in and out. And what happens is they just stop breathing. Yes, that's true. They they do that whenever they uh, get too much uh, of the drug. And here's something else I want to explain. When you're taking any medication, prescription or any type of drug, you know, there's different things that can happen. First, you can have a side effect. And a side effect is something, well, maybe it's a trade-off. Maybe you say, well, I'm going to take this... Uh, medication over the counter or this prescription drug and it's going to help one problem but the side effect is it's going to make me a little bit drowsy now if you if the benefit outweighs the risk in other words the benefit of what that drug is going to do for you outweighs the risk of making you drowsy if you think it's a fair trade-off then that's okay yeah that's okay to take the drug because a lot of drugs have side effects then drugs have what we call adverse reactions. An adverse reaction is something that you, it's not a trade-off. Like, um, you take. You remember me telling you about this patient I had. She, she kept taking this medicine, and she had bruises on her the size of a football. And I said, why are you taking this medicine still? And she took her finger and pointed to the label, and she said, you see, it says take until all gone. And I said, does that mean you or the medicine? Oh, goodness. I remember that. Bless her heart. She didn't know how to take her medicine. Right. And that's why we have counseling. And, you know, adverse reactions are not a trade-off. Sometimes they can be severe, life-threatening. And then you've got drug interactions where one drug interacts with another drug. Then you've got drug-disease interactions where one drug interacts with a disease. You know, there's certain drugs that certain people shouldn't take. Diabetics shouldn't take certain medications because they can't clear it good from their kidneys. And those are just examples. Yes, it is. So you have to be careful with all your drugs and read the, read up on them and see what they do. And or either uh, go see uh, Billy and she'll really help them. You know, I had a patient one time. I said, wow, you take a lot of drugs. And they go, I don't take drugs. <laughs> she said that. <laughs> yeah, it made me laugh uh, because, you know, to her, a drug is a street drug. Yeah, that's what, that's what she meant, I guess. Well, I don't know how we ended up all over the place, but the topic today was really about habits. And, you know, no matter what you do, you can turn it into a habit. And let's say that you start something new and you get a good result from it and you consider it your new habit. Here's the thing. You know that old saying that if you don't change anything, nothing's going to happen. But if you change things, things are going to change. Because you keep doing the same thing over and over and over, and you don't make any changes, well, nothing's going to happen. But if you make a change, something's going to happen, either for the good or for, for not the good, for the worse. So you've got to think about what kind of change is going to help me that's the kind of change that I want. And when you find something that really helps you, you need to stick with it. Because most people that are successful and most people that are healthy, it's because of the choices they make every day. 
Yes, that's true. I've learned that I, I stay with the same thing. I do not change anything if it's helping me and 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 making me happy. I will not change it. I stick with it. I'm the same way, and I I do not like substitutions much. But certain times, you know, you got to give in to it and do it. But um, that's right, Mom. You, you when you get something, be consistent with it, and you'll keep getting consistent good results. That is true. I I found that out the hard way. Um, well, there's a Bible verse that all of this makes me think of. It's First Corinthians six. Chapter 6, verses 19 through 20. Is it okay if I share that with you, Mom? Yes, go ahead. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 through 20. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. I do, too. And, Mom, I I really didn't know where this topic was going to go today, but I think it's an important topic. And, you know, I know there's a lot of layers of this topic that we probably didn't hit on, but I think people understand the the gist of what we were trying to, to say, which is when you start a healthy path, Usually, after two weeks, you own that new healthy habit. Oh, yes, you do. So I hope and pray that everyone out there will take our advice. You can literally change your life in a two-week period. Yes, you can. So why don't you try it? Thank you, Mom. And thank you so much for spending this time with me this evening. And I really look forward to our next podcast. And I love you. And bye for now. I love you, and I'll talk to you later, and bye for now.